You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. you here it's, it was freezing when we came in this morning those heaters are doing an awesome job so can I encourage you to put this under your seat so you don't sit and read it through the whole message because I can see you from up here and so you're going to feel really awkward right, when I go <coughs> Sarah stop looking at your booklet actually I can't see you properly because Jessie's kind of in the way so you could probably get away with that one but she's the only one. She's the only one that I couldn't. So, as you saw in our mission video, and how good, he's not here to get the praise for it, but Chris has been just doing such an outstanding job in doing all these videos um, over the last few weeks. And, like, it's, it's on the screen for a few minutes, but there's so many, so many hours in making them awesome and, and helping us to get a heart for where we're going, which is just great. He's great, and he's out there with the kids today. Yeah, so tell him later on that he's amazing, and that you appreciate it. It's good. So we're focusing on uh, you know vision this month, um, which I love vision. Um, it's such a good reminder of where we're going and what we're doing and why we're here and why we're doing it. But mission is is today. But mission isn't just a program in our church. It's not just something that we're sort of tacking on to the vision like, oh, look, it gets its own little circle on the front, you know. Isn't that nice? It gets an icon or something. Um, it's, it's just deeply ingrained as a part of who we are. It's not just a church with mission. We're a mission church and it's, it's at the heart and soul of our vision. And... The scripture we're just going to turn to this morning, if you've got your Bible, is Isaiah 54. And it really underpins our vision, this scripture. And it says this. You there? You're all very quiet this morning. You can be more rowdy. Makes reminds me that you're there. It says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You have not laboured with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. And this first verse in this passage, stay there because we're coming back to it. But it speaks of faith in God's intent for more and that miracle of grace that brings about the more. Verse 2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. It speaks of works that accompany this faith. It's not just enough to have vision or even just to have plans. For vision to become a reality, it's got to turn into action. And I still remember almost 20 years ago, um, yeah, probably like 18 years ago, Pastor Keith, we were at the old building at Fraser Parade and... Pastor Keith was standing in front sharing his heart and sharing this, this passage. And I still remember him saying those words um, about stretching out the curtains and don't spare, you know, 
strengthen your stakes, don't hold, strengthen your stakes and don't hold back. I still remember him standing there and, and Dara and I had such a stirring at that time to just, we caught the vision. We didn't just hear it and go, oh, that sounds like a good idea. We really caught something in our heart for that, which is why we're here today. Verse 3 says, For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. It speaks of a global view. It's speaking to us prophetically. It's where vision takes on this expanded outlook. The kingdom of God was never meant to be just one nation. It was always meant to be nations. Reaching nations is the Father's plan. you've still got your bible there flick back right to the beginning to genesis we're going to verse uh, chapter 12 god says i will his heart's always been about blessing the nations so much so that he declares i will The Lord had said to Abram, and keeping in mind it's been more than 300 years, just 300 years, right? That's a lot. I've only been, you know, alive for 41. 300 years is a long time since there was an instance of God speaking to somebody. It just tells us how faithful God is to his promise to save the world says, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You know, he was 75 at the time. Nobody's heard God for 300 years. And 75 wasn't old then. All right, so it's not like, oh, he's old, like he's just on his way out then. It was middle-aged. I'm middle-aged. It's different. You know, when I was 36, for those of you, just to freak you out, when I was 36, I went to the doctor to ask about something, and she's like, oh, you know, you know you're middle-aged. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not middle-aged. Like... I think you better, obviously I don't come very often, you better re-look at your notes because my birth date is 76. I am not middle-aged. No, no, you're middle-aged. That's, that's right. So, Abram was middle-aged, all right? Yeah, you're freaking out, aren't you? Okay, don't get stuck on that. He's middle-aged, he's got his father's inheritance and everything was looking great. He was comfortable, life was prosperous. And then all of a sudden, this voice says, get up. And leave it all. Can you imagine? You know, what I've discovered is middle age does come with a whole lot of perks. And you get comfortable. And things start getting a bit easier financially because you've had a bit of time to accumulate and get a bit wiser about things. But he had no idea where he was going. It says, go to the land I'll show you. Oh, okay don't know where I'm going but he says yes you know his obedience made that faith work 
I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Jesus was a seed of Abraham and the ultimate blessing to the nations. He was the ultimate missionary. He was the first on mission for the kingdom of God. What blessing you've received, you make sure you also give. Then the promise continues through the prophets. Now these ones are up on the screen because I'm just going to whip through them and you don't have to keep unless you're super fast. I just want to just show you this through the scriptures starting in Isaiah 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow through it. Daniel, it says, Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed. Micah 4 says, Many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion, the law shall go forth and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Zechariah, it says, Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day and they shall become my people. Many nations, not just one. Many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day and they shall become my people and I will dwell in your midst. Then you'll know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Reaching nations was the son's priority. It was Jesus' priority. While there were so many good things that he could do and so many good things that he did do, there was one thing that he must do. Just flick over into Luke in the New Testament, chapter 4. It says, At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. When they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, listen to this, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that is why I was sent. Jesus said, I, have, I must, I must, I must. I have got to get this message out as far and as wide as I possibly can. Greater than his popularity, than all the crowds of people that were following him, I must do this one thing that I came to do. I must get this out in the time that I've got. So there are good things that we can do and there are good things that we should do. But if we're to follow in the example of Jesus, the one thing that we must do is mission. That's why we're in this city. We're in this church at this time and it's a heart issue. Reaching nations is a heart issue. It's our heritage. You know, Pastors Keith and Janet, you know that funny accent that they think they don't have? It's because they came from another place. God called them to Australia and they, they picked up everything. They came here. To Australia, in fact, they didn't start in Newcastle. They started, 
what I think is way out in the middle of nowhere, but the people of Wyala may not say that, so I apologise if you come from Wyala and it's like way bigger than I think it is. But they came from Wyala with a 10-week-old baby. They left family and friends and everything they knew to come here because they just felt the call of God in their lives. We planted over here 15 years ago because we felt the call of God on us to build a church on this side of the city, to reach this other side. Because if we stayed in one location, we wouldn't reach you guys over here. Charlestown, it's not that far, but it is that far, you know? Galatians 3. verse 6 to 9 says in the same way Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteousness because of faith as righteous because of faith the real children of Abraham then are not are those who put their faith in God what's more the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. We've got this heritage. We're a part of a household of faith. And because of that, because of our faith, we continue to bless the nations. We as a church, as a people, not just a building, not a service, we're carriers of the goodness and grace of God. You know, Psalm 2.8 says, Ask me and I'll make the nations your inheritance. So it's a mandate that we're going to pick up. We're going to go to all people groups. And we'll expand to the right and to the left. You know, I love statistics. I love them. It puts things in a bit less grey for me and makes them less wishy-washy and I like a bit of black and white sometimes. But you know, in the world, there are 4.19 million full-time Christian workers. That seems like a lot. And that's full-time, not all the part-timers. And only 95, uh, sorry, only 5% of them are working in areas that they would say are unreached people groups. They're working, 95% of us are working within a Christian world. I'm going to give you some stats. They're American stats, but keep in mind that we're fairly similar. Or at least percentage-wise, we would be pretty, pretty similar. Maybe worse, potentially, because we don't have the bonus of the tax deductibility kind of that can, you know, encourage people a little more. So the annual income of all church members is $30.5 trillion. Sounds like a lot. It is a lot. Annual income of evangelical Christians is approximately $6.72 trillion of that. Given to Christian causes, $545 billion, which is actually only 1.8% of our income. That's also how much Americans spend on Christmas. How much is given to mission? 
31 billion, which is 0.1 of a percent. 0.1 of a percent. That's also how much Americans spend on dieting programs. Money that goes towards unreached people groups. This is groups that have not had an opportunity to hear about Jesus, to hear about his love. $310 million, which is only 1% of what's given to missions. It's also how much Americans in 2011 spent on Halloween costumes for their pets. So for every $100,000 that Christians make, and I've got they, but it's we. We give a dollar out of every 100000 to unreached people groups. So our goal for mission giving as, as a church is that it never ever falls below 10 to 15%. But that should be climbing, not just maintaining. You know, we've got awesome local projects, Rush, and you saw these on the video. There's Rush, there's SRE, there's CAP, there's Ush. And they're all doing an exceptional job in changing lives. Our overseas projects, we're partnering. I think this, this one is the one that is just really hitting home for me, is one that we partner with at C3 Bangkok, where there's Dan and Jen Nihil. And I just, I've just been floored by how unreached a people group Thailand is. You know how many Christians? 1%. 1% Christian in Thailand. They're Dan and Jen Nihil, they're teaching English in a slum area, um, which increases, speaking English in Thailand increases your chance of a better job with the aim that that helps you to get out of that poverty cycle. Um, they are living in Thailand they're raising their young, very young family. They've got a seven-month-old and the other one's two or three, a bit older, you know, the usual gap, whatever that is. Um, they're raising their kids there because they've got such a heart to bring the name of Jesus to people who've never heard it before. Through the, they've got a cafe ministry, they've got um, these English classes that, they're reaching out, that's coming out of a Buddhist childcare centre, right? So they're getting incredible opportunities and they're seeing that even the director of the Buddhist childcare centre came to church. Incredible opportunities to share the name of Jesus. So last night I was thinking about this and thinking about, wow, I didn't realise until I was looking it up how many unreached people groups there still are in the world. We get so cosy and, you know, settled in our Christian world in Australia where we really don't find persecution. And it's actually pretty easy in the most part to believe in Jesus and to be a Christian. 
You want to know how far away Thailand is? It's a nine-hour flight from Sydney. It takes less time to fly to Thailand, to fly to Bangkok, than it does to drive to the Gold Coast of theme parks. Yet Thailand has never heard the name of Jesus. Never had that opportunity. They're 94% Buddhist, 5% Muslim, and 1% Christian. So if you were spending time in Thailand, the chances of you running into a Christian and finding another Christian in their place are unbelievably small. It shocked me. We're a church that exists because of a mission calling, a mission for Newcastle. You guys want to, Callan, you want to come up? We felt called to minister to this side of the city and we, we planted this church because we saw a mission field. We saw a community who needed the love of Christ to transform their worlds, their schools, their marriages, their homes, their families, their children, their friends, their workmates. We're emerging as a church on a mission, not just a church with missions. Some stats, which they're older stats, 10 years old from World Missions. But in 2007, 30 million people went into eternity never hearing the name of Jesus. That's bigger than Australia. 30 million people. Jesus had mission at his heart. And I'd have to say that somewhere along the way, and I don't really know why, but this has waned a bit for us. I do feel like, you know, as a church, that we've kind of lost our heart for mission a little. I don't know whether it's because Darren and I haven't been on trips for a while you know, it's been about four years, I think, since I was in the Philippines and a bit more for you on some other trips. Whether it's that, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I think across the board, we've waned a bit on this and we've got to get that heart for mission back. That was the heart. It's the heart of the Father. It's the heart of Jesus. And if we're going to be like him, it's got to be our heart too. I just believe that it's not going to be just a program for us. It's not going to be just about us seeing these great videos that Chris puts together for us and going, wow, wasn't that great? I believe this morning we're going to have this rebirthed in us powerfully. So I want to give you an opportunity this morning. You can put that down. I'm not going to pay attention to it, but I'm way under, so... It's just distracting me now. We're going to sing again. I'll just get you to stand while we sing. And I just believe that God's going to do something in your heart. I think that there's dreams. I believe that there's dreams that have been dormant.
gonna gonna be brought back to light. That God's gonna start shining a light. It might be for another country. You know, when I was a kid in church, we used to, you know, the missionaries were the ones that went to what used to be termed places like the deepest, darkest Africa. And now with all of these gorgeous Africans, we can't say that anymore because you came to us. <laughs> it always seemed like it was so far away and so unattainable. But there are places, whether it's your workplace, you know, you might not be, be called to go to deepest, darkest Africa. You might be called to Thailand for a short-term trip. You might be called to go and teach SRE. You might be help called to take a meal to your neighbour. But I believe this morning he's just going to give us an opportunity just to have that quiet before him, a fresh surrender to the call of God on your life. So why don't you stand? We're going to sing. You know, I think there's action in this. You know, we can stand in our seats and in our hearts go, oh, God, that was, you know, I really feel changed and I'm going to go out and do something. But I believe this morning that I just want to leave the altar open for you to come down, not for prayer specifically. If you need prayer, we can pray with you later. But just for you to surrender yourself surrender yourself afresh to his call on your life. For what he wants you to sow into maybe you can't go and that's okay but we can all go as in we can all help others go we can all help extend the kingdom of God it might be financial help that you give you know Matthew 28 talks about it says therefore go and make disciples I think we've got to get a go on the inside of us We've got to let that rise back up and come alive again. So this morning, God, we just pray. I just declare that we are for you, Lord, and we are for your kingdom being expanded and extended on this earth in reaching unreached people groups. Our heart is for mission alongside you, Lord. And this morning, we just surrender to you for all that you have, all that you have, whatever that looks like. Abraham, he didn't even know what it was going to look like. 300 years since anybody had heard from God. And he says, yep, I'll go. So this morning, Lord, we just surrender to you. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.